Just having business data isn't enough. But ZoomInfo leverages that data to unlock useful insights, like who to reach and how to reach them, so you can grow your business. Unlock insights at zoominfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand Welcome to From the Bleachers. I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now we're gonna we're gonna pause after the last couple of weeks talking about the NFL draft and freaking out over whether the Eagles didn't trade up for CD Lamb or why they drafted Jalen Hurts. I have a special guest today, Michael Warren of the punk band, Pew Pew Pew, one of my favorite bands in the biz right now. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, doing the nine to five job during the day from the same desk, recording podcast and blogging at night. So very eventful, boring life, to be honest. <laughs> but how are you hand- handling the quarantine? Everything okay on your end? Or as well as it can be given the terribleness of the situation? Yeah, it's super weird. I mean, I guess you've got kind of a, a similar situation where you're trying to figure out what to write about. Yeah, talking about Jalen Hurts for like the next three months. Yeah, just like hanging out at home and writing lots of music, but not really sure if any of it's any good. I'm sure it is. I don't know, but... Hopefully we find out soon. But Mike is a huge Eagles fan. And after a year or two back of just following his band's Twitter account, uh, just as a fan of the band, naturally, I came upon them uh, a couple of years ago. Do you know that NFL writer Bill Barnwell? He writes for ESPN now. He used to write for Grantland. Yep. He uh he tweeted out, "Oh, you should listen to this act if you like uh, Japan droids and pop one day." It's like this is like summer 2017 or something like that. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's 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 my wheelhouse." So I checked it out and have been a fan ever since. But again, Mike is a huge Eagles fan. So Mike, how did you become an Eagles fan? I know Pew Pew Pew. It's a Canadian act. Are you from Canada? Are you from Philadelphia? Do you have some kind of Family connection here. You're just someone who grew up at this age and, you know, loved Donald McNabb or one of those players and connected with the team. Yeah. Um, I guess I moved to Toronto or we're all Canadian. Um, I guess I moved yeah. to Toronto when I was 20, probably like 14 ish years ago and didn't really know anybody. And kind of the first friend I made, Brody, was a huge Eagles fan and he just needed someone to watch football with. So we started watching football. I very nearly became a Steelers fan. Oh, man. Uh, to which he replied, I, I'm just glad you like Pennsylvania football. <laughs> and I could like, I could see that there was disappointment in his eyes, but he just needed to foster it still. So that's when I knew it's like, okay, I got to be an Eagles fan. And How did you almost become a Steelers fan? I don't know. I think... Just because they were like decent at the time? Yeah, they're just like an easy team to see play at the time anyway. Yeah. They're always on national TV and everything. Yeah, it's tough in Canada. It's like they want us to be Bills fans or Lions fans. I'm not into that. Yeah, the Bills thing. They, I think they still do they still play a game there every year. Uh, or is no. that just once in a while? Yeah, I don't. They know. have done that before. They have. I don't. I go to Bills games though. They're interesting. Happened to go to the Eagles Bills game this past year. Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, nice. I vaguely remember it. <laughs> That's basically most Eagles games for me. Yeah. I was hanging out with uh, my parents on Saturday night. It's it's my birthday this Wednesday, May 6th. So you might be listening to this. It might be out by then. Wow, the happy birthday. Happy birthday. So they came over and, you know, we're drinking. It's those two and my girlfriend, Ashley, and just kind of, you know, I've seen them. They live a couple blocks away from me in my apartment. So we see them very regularly kind of almost quarantined with them to a degree. You know, we started drinking in the afternoon. They came over, we cut a cake, but then it just ended up being a thing. We were like drinking most of the night. And I woke up the next day and my dad texted me, goes, what was the score of the Eagles game? Because that's how it feels like I drank yesterday based on how much (laughs) I was drinking. So that was Saturday. I'm in the midst of like my first ever two-day hangover as I turned 26 years old this week. And I feel like that's a song you would write about your first two-day hangover or something like that. Yeah, I haven't had too many of those, but I've definitely had a few. I mean, that's how I feel like I'm officially old. Just coincidental that's happening during my birthday week. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. If you ever find yourself in Philly, you definitely have to come 
tailgate with me. I'd love that. Beforehand. I don't know if I'm allowed to go to Eagles games anymore in Philly, though, because whenever I do, I went to the Lions game last year. and then Yeah, I was at that one. The, I have season tickets, so yeah. The year before, I was at the Panthers game. Oh, I didn't go to that Panthers game because I went to, I think that was week five, and the week before they played in Nashville, Tennessee, so it was late September. Uh, in Nashville, they were coming off the Super Bowl when the, the year before, so that was a huge travel weekend for a lot of Eagles fans. It's in the south end of September, beautiful weather, you know, a fun city, supposedly. Uh, I went there with my girlfriend. I had a couple of my best friends go as well with their significant others uh, and had a great time until the game when uh, the Eagles lost in overtime to Tennessee after giving up some outrageous, you know, fourth down conversions in the fourth yeah. quarter. And then next week I was like, dad, just take my ticket, give it to someone else. I cannot go to this game. <laughs> and, you know, watched it from my former apartment that I had with my girlfriend, Ashley, and they lost and it was like us two and a couple of my buddies and we just stress ordered like four or five cheesesteaks afterwards and drowned our sorrows in cheese whiz. We had a friend that was working at the Xfinity lounge on that yeah. day and he was like if you, he was like, I don't care about this job. If you come, I will give you guys whatever you want. Awesome. I think that morning too, I went to an Acme and drank beers and watched the London game, which was awesome. It's probably the Acme I grew, I grew up going to or something like that. The one that's closest to the stadium. Like I, I, I'm from South Philly. Like I, I could walk to the stadium in like 25, 30 minutes. I was just going to get beer. And then I, I picked up the beer and I was like, what's this lounge area? <laughs> and why is there yeah. a TV showing football? It's great. Pennsylvania has these the craziest alcohol laws. Uh, so you only within the last, I would say, four or five years, we started being allowed to buy alcohol at grocery stores and you can just do beer and wine. And it has to be like under 180 ounces or something like that. Yeah. The way they ring up your purchase. But another way they have to get away with it is they have to have a seating area there for you to be able to sit and drink a beverage like that's the rule it doesn't make any sense but that's so weird the, uh, TV, yeah it's so weird dude like i have friends from college i, I went to college uh in pennsylvania so I, you know people from coming from different states and they'd be like how do you not be able to just go to the like corner store and buy you know a six-pack i'm like i don't know this is this is all i knew this is what i'm used to my whole life we just have these you know gigantic beer stores and then literally the state runs all of the liquor stores and so you have to buy liquor and wine at a specific place and that the state controls it and runs right. it. It's, it's a really strange operation. Yeah, that's how Canada, anyway, like how Ontario is like, we have a, a literally called a beer store and a liquor store. Oh, okay. I thought it might all be government run. kind of more of a free for all. No. There. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Grocery stores were allowed to sell beer like last year. Okay. So not but too dissimilar. It's, it's getting easier to drink. Not today though. Not today. Everything not today. was closed today. Is there a specific holiday or something? No, it's just like, Cut back hours. Monday. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're talking about your background as an Eagles fan. Your buddy was oh, yeah. an Eagles fan. Is he, was he from Philadelphia or the area or is it just another coincidental thing? I think he had a similar kind of experience where like his friends in college that he lived with were like, we are, I think they were Eagles fans from Philly and they were like, you yeah. have to like this team. And he was like, okay. Yeah, I can relate. So it's like. Yeah, I feel like I made some of my friends bigger Eagles fans than they already were. So that makes sense. Just yeah, at those like the Super Bowl party we had in Toronto, there's probably like twelve to fifteen people wearing Eagles jerseys at it. It was pretty cool. We let off fireworks awesome. in the street. Canadians had no idea what was happening. Very confusing. Very better than I always. I always think of that uh, Vancouver Canucks lost the I think 2010 or no 2011 Stanley Cup, and there were like riots in the streets afterwards. Like that's what I always think of. I always thought the Eagles. Uh, celebration was going to be like that. And it was pretty close, to be honest. So you said this was about 14, 15 years ago. So think about it in my head. So you you kind of got in the team during the Donna McNabb era. So is that someone you would consider? And I saw you tweeting about him or in the week or last week, I should say. Oh, yeah. Seems like he takes a lot of garbage from people on Twitter. Oh, he's definitely the most, one of the most controversial Eagles players or figures in Philadelphia sports ever. Uh, it's just different when you live here and there's sports talk radio and everyone eats this up and it's all people yeah. talk about, you know, not just in football season, just the year overall or every day. Uh, so McNabb was always like 
a very, very, very good quarterback, but never like the best quarterback in the league. And people held that against him. I think there were different, you know, racial elements there too, where, you know, he was, you know, African-American quarterback. People probably didn't like that to a certain degree. Not that all the people who disliked him were like that. Uh, but, you know, race is always playing a role in this city, I think. His demeanor probably turned a lot of people off, kind of wouldn't say he's not serious because he played awesome in a lot of big games and, you know, has, you know, one of the 10 most uh, winningest quarterbacks in playoff history. Obviously, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring and that, you know, has come to define him. But someone who was always a little too cheery, always smiling, kind of being goofy, where people probably wanted someone who was more ultra serious. Tom Brady wanted, you know, win a thousand to nothing, ram it down their throats. And then... I don't know if you were a fan during the Super Bowl year, not not the most recent Super Bowl where they won, but in 2004, uh, they played the Patriots in Super Bowl. That was the first time they had been in the Super Bowl in you know almost 25 years. And infamously, the Eagles are down uh, double digits late in the game, and they're not running a hurry up offense, and they're just burning so much time, and they're in the huddle, and it turns out McNabb was throwing up in the huddle, just dehydrated yeah. or uh, fatigue, cramps, nerve nerves, which totally understandable stuff in, you know, a vacuum and looking at him as a human being. And, you know, that's understandable, but in the context of this is the most important game in like Philadelphia sports history, and he's, you know, ostensibly choking, obviously that has come to define him since then. Uh, so there's people like me who grew up on him. I'm, I turned 26 this week. Uh, so he's all, you know, that was my first experience with the Eagles was with Napa quarterback. So I'm a huge fan. I wore his Jersey the other day while hanging out. Uh, you know, drinking a couple seltzers. Uh, so I love him, but uh, I think he has a contentious relationship with Carson Wentz too, because, you know, he was a number two pick in the draft, just like McNabb was, but people immediately claimed to Wentz. Uh, Wentz had a ton of success really early in his career, a little bit earlier than McNabb did. Uh, in terms of just regular season performance, he was very good as a rookie Wentz. Uh, whereas McNabb's team as a rookie was just up and down. He didn't start until the middle of the year. Coincidentally, McNabb replaced Doug Peterson as Eagles quarterback during his rookie season. What a world. If yeah. you didn't know that. I saw something about Doug today because uh, who who died today? Don Shula, the right. yeah, yeah. Miami then, Dolphins former coach. Doug Doug won uh, the game that got him the record. Oh, yeah. I did remember that. Yeah, that is right. I haven't thought about it. I didn't, actually didn't see anyone mention that today, coincidentally. Uh, but, yeah, that's an underrated fact that uh, – you know, Don Shula has the most wins of any coach in NFL history, just for the you know listener's sake. And Doug, who was one of those guys who got cut and added to the practice squad and the end of the roster in Miami a million times in the early 90s. I read, uh, I don't know if you ever read it, Mike, the, the book Doug wrote after the Super Bowl, uh, Fearless. Uh, it's a quick, easy read. I got a free copy from someone before. But he talks about, you know, his experience always being that end of the roster player, but coincidentally, he did get a chance to start that one game for Shula and the Dolphins. And obviously it's a historic moment and just yet another historic thing that Doug has been a part of in his football career. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like, I like that. Uh, I like that he played. I like that. He's like a dude. He's a regular guy. Guy. Yeah. You just want to grab a, grab a beer with, hang out, go out to a steakhouse. He gives the guys up. ice cream after practice. The ice cream. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> he needs a advertising deal with Hagen Dawes. Yeah. I think they're I think they're missing the mark there. But there are like some Philly local ice cream places that could try to corner the mark on him, but they're not doing that and total missed opportunity. That'd be cool. I was just gonna say I, I like uh it seems like they're adding a lot of speed guys and kind of weird players, like maybe they wanna get creative and I think that could be good for Doug. Yeah, I think his creativity is underrated. Obviously, he's very aggressive, which I love going for two-point conversions, going for That's what I want down. him to be. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I know if you, how much you remember like the Chip Kelly era or how close you were watching then. But you know, when he came to the NFL, he was supposed to be this coach that was the innovative guy, having all these crazy trick plays and things yeah. or going for it on fourth down, going for two, and he never did that. And all the things we expected of Chip, Doug ended up being that guy. He's running a trick play on fourth and goal, a, a reverse tight end pass in the Super Bowl, and he's going for two all the time. And he's going for he's in the last you know four seasons or however long he's been at the helm, uh, they've gone for it on fourth down 
uh, more than any team in the league by an exponential amount. So I do love Doug. Doug's my guy. I, I would die for Doug. He's he's it for me. And that game where uh, where Jake Elliott got injured and they just went for two every time was pretty cool. It was it in Dallas? I think it was in Dallas in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. I can't remember stuff like that. I barely remember the Chip Kelly era now. Like once the once the Super Bowl happened, it was like completely erased. Blacked it out. Yeah, I don't remember I what wish. happened. I was in college then, and I was doing some. I was an intern for a paper in Philadelphia. So during the week, I would go and interview players in the locker room on the practice field and all of those things, very like semi professionally. And then on Sundays, I would go to the game and be like up in the top level of the stadium, screaming in like and yelling at players that I was interviewing during the week. And it was like the weirdest thing. So that's always, I think of the, the chip hour where the team was like, okay, kind of good, but kind of bad at the same time. And yeah. I had like a very strange relationship with the team doing it and very thankful that it's all over now. Yeah. And they got back from it pretty quick. Like I'm hiring Doug, getting Carson changed everything. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think of Howie right now? I mean, everybody's, going crazy i mean everyone's but. kill him uh i like the rigor pick i do too i'm okay with it now yeah i was i was shocked i wasn't mad at the pick at the time i was just shocked that they didn't take justin jefferson just because he seems such an eagles type player this high product high floor super productive in college caught 111 passes for lsu last year stood up in you know the national championship and the college football playoffs uh but i also wanted really wanted them to trade up for cd lamb so I was getting agitated all draft night for that. And then, you know, they don't trade up for him. And then Dallas, of all teams, selects him. And that was just the most crushing thing in the world. Not only yeah. did he not get C.D. Lamb, but he's going to play for Dallas. He's wearing number 88 now, which number 88 for the Cowboys is my least favorite number jersey in the history of professional sports. And now we're going to have to watch him, you know, terrorize I don't know, Rizul Douglas for the next like handful of years. Not that yeah. he's going to be on that team that long, but just, you know, they got Darius Slay and you think, okay, now that guy can stick Amari Cooper, but who's covering CeeDee Lamb now? Or Michael Gopp, you have, you know, Avante Maddox, who's okay, Sidney Jones, who might be bad. So they're kind of, you know, it's a double whammy, you know, double-sided sword of not only do you not have him, but you're playing against him twice per year for the next two yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems really like Dallas – did what they had to do in the draft to try to beat us and that they're really good at drafting they they had a really good draft yeah very and they owed us one for the uh the uh dallas goddard pick too right so yeah well yeah that's why we kind of uh jumped them and screwed them and they paid us back with the cd lamp pick um yeah i guess uh, like i was mad at the time when they picked rieger but I'm okay with it now because I don't know either. I'm definitely guy. okay with him now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just from watching some like highlight videos and YouTube videos over the last, you know, week, two weeks or whatever, he's fun as hell. Like they 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 haven't had a fun player besides Deshaun as at receiver specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you know Deshaun played Week One against Washington last year and was absolutely electric in that second half, it was you know a dream watching Carson who, you know, is my guy and Deshaun's one of my favorite athletes of all time going back from his first tenure in Philadelphia. And to see that magic on the field was just so incredible for me. And it was, you know, so filled with emotion watching that game. And just for them, you know, his season, it gets derailed and warmups the next week was so crushing to me personally, like in my, you know, spirit and fervor for the team, but it obviously had a gigantic impact on the field too, where, they became slow as anything, as slow as yeah. a snail offensively, and it just cratered everything, had less room for Goddard and Ertz to work in the middle of the field. And, you know, Miles Sanders was tremendous as a rookie, much better. I mean, not that I was anti-Miles Sanders, but I did not expect that from him last year, specifically, you know, how much of a weapon he's out of the backfield. So, you know, you have Miles coming back for his second year, should be just as good, if not a little bit better than last year. Rager definitely adds some excitement to the team, you know, have another vertical threat, open up the middle of the field again for Ertz and Goddard. If Deshaun gives you anything, that's a win. I don't know if you can count him for much. I don't think Alshon will be back, but, you know, you have the best tight end team in the league. You know, yeah. could be a guy who's a top 10 running back. And, you know, who knows? What if Rager's like rookie Deshaun, you know, a dozen years ago where he's just that quick, that fast, 
great returner on special teams and just, you know, has those one or two big plays a game that, you know, swings the momentum and swings the game. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun coming back was super exciting. I want that. I wanted that for years. I mean, he's just like a simple kind of guy to put on the team. Like, he, like you just need to tell him to run straight and, and run faster than the guy that's covering him. And that's perfect. I was so mad he wasn't on the Super Bowl team. Like, I, I felt not yeah. that I was sad at any point and then winning the Super Bowl, but just in retrospect, I would have loved if Deshaun could have been a part of that. And that makes me want to win, you know, a championship this year or last year even more because I want to see Deshaun get that ring in an Eagles uniform and have his career come full circle after, you know, how, again, electric he was as a rookie and then the whole miracle at the Meadowlands uh, punt return in 2010 and then you know the weird way the chip kelly uh relationship ended and for him to come back and look as good as he did in week one last year and then have his season fall apart if he came back this year and could play you know a healthy 12 or 13 games and you know be ready for the playoffs and do do something special in the playoffs like he used to years ago for the birds uh you know that would make my year my season i'd be that's everything i want is to see you know, Carson wants to throw a playoff touchdown, bomb, play action, yeah. play flick, or whatever you want to say to Deshaun. Yeah, that's the dream. I remember watching the the Miracle in the Meadowlands 2 game by myself. I think it's the yeah. only game I've ever watched by myself, maybe. Yeah. And just... Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, but I was, like, I was leaving. I was, I was like, standing up, like, I don't want to watch this. And then... Yeah. It's just like drinking and being by myself. I don't know why. It's like the only game that I was ever by myself for. And then I was just losing my mind. So happy. (laughs) Yeah, I was a, what was I? I was a junior in high school. So I was watching my dad at my my childhood home. You know, a lot of times in those moments, just being, you know, the emotional nut that I am, that if they were down that much late, like I I physically can't watch the game because it makes me sick or just makes me angry. Not that I'm going to, I'm never someone who, yeah, you know, breaks things or punches things when they lose. I'm not that out of control, but definitely someone who you know can get super duper emotional or upset. But so for some reason, I guess it's just Sunday afternoon. There's nothing going on. My dad's still watching it. We left it on, and it was just turned into this most incredible thing ever. Where you know, before the Super Bowl, even though I'm a big Philly sports fan for all the teams, you know, I've seen the Phillies win a World Series, but still, that was always my favorite sports memory. Was you know, that comeback and specifically that Deshaun return and, you know, the iconic Merrill, Merrill Reese radio call of it. I listened to it on YouTube, you know, once a week still all these years later, <laughs> especially before the Super Bowl. We didn't, it's not like the Eagles had that many great things we could love. I mean, they had a lot of successful teams, but they didn't have these big gigantic moments like the Philly special or, you know, the Patrick Robinson pick six. We didn't have those yeah. crazy memorable playoff moments, even though they got close a bunch of times. So I really just latched onto that one play because I remember watching it live. I remember how I was feeling when they were down so much. And I remember the unprecedented excitement and feeling that in a game that the Eagles always lose, or you would feel like that would always, the Eagles would be in the Giants' shoes then. Like that would only happen to the Eagles. Finally, the Eagles were on the other side of things. And yeah, it was just amazing. How many times do you think you've seen the Philly special now? Like thousands uh, i don't know <laughs> i don't know now i say thousands really i've only like watched the... comes up on twitter i watch it like six times uh, yeah i don't need to watch oh it. yeah and it's like it's it's like five seconds or it'd be like six or seven seconds or whatever so you just see it on loop it automatically five or six times every time you do see it but i've only watched the entire game once since my original airing of the game i don't know if you're someone who like did you get nervous I was still nervous. Rewatching it? I watched it, yeah. No, I'm chill. You you would think I'd be. I mean, <laughs> I still cheer as if it. I still cheer as if it's like going on live, and I don't know the. Not like I never freak out, but I'm always like, "Come on, Nick! Come on, Nick!" or stuff like that. Come <laughs> I on, baby. On a plane. Like, uh, I got really excited. Really? Yeah, I I got on a plane. We were going on tour uh, in Europe somewhere, and I was just like scrolling through what they had, and it was like. The Eagles Super Bowl. I was like, what? Okay, sure. What? What? <laughs> what airline was it? Just a random European airline? Uh, it was probably Iceland. Something Iceland. We always Whoa. There. Apparently, that's like one of the coolest, most beautiful places to visit for, you know, like a relative, relatively. Yeah, that's really expensive. Though. Yeah, I mean, for me, I couldn't afford to go there. But people, it's, I guess it's cheaper than like going to Italy or Paris or something. 
pan, not pandemic notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah. All, all the, like, I don't know, whatever. I don't book our flights because I hate booking flights, but Ryan does. And he's, Sounds terrible. He's a Packers fan. Oh. Yeah. But, it's you know, it's okay. Businesses love data. Like, really love it. But is just having data enough? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Because the smart businesses, the really smart ones, use ZoomInfo. It leverages data to unlock useful insights. Insights so you know who to reach and how to reach them, letting you grow your business. So ask yourself, is your data insightful? Now it is. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at ZoomInfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market. Do you experience a lot of things on tour where... Obviously, one of your bandmates isn't an Eagles fan, or not just not an Eagles fan, but a fan of a different NFL team. Uh, you ever get in a situation where you're touring with other bands or groups, and you know, just you know, mess around and you know, shoot the ball with different people about like, oh, they're a fan of other team. Does that happen a lot? Because sometimes in my head, I um, think there's this old school idea of oh, musicians have to only be about music. Sports are these macho jock things that are on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Whereas I think as we, you know, move forward and there's this less idea about like selling out because that's just, that doesn't happen in music anymore. That's just not the way like bands and yeah. the state of quote unquote rock music works and social media era where people are more, you know, accepting of just, you know, whatever, whatever you like is fine. Do you have, did you ever feel that when you were younger? Like, Oh, is it weird to like sports if like, or you run into musicians who think that's odd yeah, for sure. I mean, it's sometimes it's just like, you know, they kind of assume they won't get along with you because you're like really? yeah. wearing a Eagles shirt or something or um, that's why we get along really well with the hold studies. Like they're just cool dudes like sports. They're, you know, um, have you toured with them? Yeah. Uh, not really toured, but we played a lot of shows with them. I've never seen them proper. I saw Craig Finn open up solo for Japan droids twice. Which was, oh, cool! But I've never seen like a real whole study tour. Even though I love the band, it was just you know I'm trying to think when Girls and Boys in America came out. I had to be you know 11, 12, 13 years old, so I kind of missed the peak era to have seen them live or anything like that. Like I didn't you know know them for till like a half a dozen years later or anything like that. Yeah, they're not That's like awesome. touring like month long tours right now, but they're doing like three or four days in different cities kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like you know they all sell out and like if we get to go do a couple of the nights it's cool to hang out in the same city for like a week yeah and people go they nuts. seem like, like a band that's ripe for one of those anniversary tours where you know you know block party did like a silent alarm 15th anniversary tour like i could see them doing i think this would have been like 15 years for separation sunday so i think stuff like that uh they seem a band that would be perfect for that bands that have these classic albums i would love to see them you know in that capacity though they still make new music that's quite good like their last record was one yeah, of the it, best of their last two or three records it all goes over really well live like it's there's songs from the whole discography sure like yeah um yeah i think they're like probably my favorite band best band to see live for sure um we played with them a bunch they played one of our songs once which was really cool do you have a relationship i think you do with pup the band, obviously, they're yeah, yeah. We've known them a long, long time. Yeah, we in Toronto all the time with them uh, when we were starting out. We p- probably played with the, them the most, maybe. They're uh, big Raptors fans, like Toronto Raptors NBA fans. Yeah. So last last spring, like right around this time last year, they had a show in Philly, and I had tickets for the show. I bought way in advance, but I'm a gigantic, gigantic Sixers fan. So th- what the night of the show was a Sixers Raptors playoff game. So I didn't go to the show. I just Whoa. like I'm not gonna get my money like money for the ticket. Like I, I don't get mad if I don't go to the show and if I buy the ticket in advance just like okay I listen to this band's music essentially for yeah. free on Spotify. Like I, I might as well just give them the money for the ticket. That's how you know they get by. But one of my buddies still wanted the show and I don't know the music I don't know anyone the band's names or what per- person it was, but someone on the on stage was wearing a Raptors jersey Jeez, as the Sixers yeah. were playing the Raptors in a playoff game. I was like, wow. I think I like, <laughs> tweeted them as a joke about it during the show because uh, my buddy was texting me freaking out about it. Yeah, he's a, he's a diehard for sure. Yeah. That was a crazy time in Toronto. 
Oh my god. So are you a fan of the Raptors at all? Or not like I'm not saying like a bandwagon that you followed kind of last year just because it's this exciting communal thing. Yeah, I was kinda in the year before a little in the playoffs and then last yeah. year. I I'm not a huge fan. Like I remember being a kid and voting for the name and, and going to see them a few times. Oh really? I yeah. remember, remember that. Well, I mean, I don't remember it. Obviously I was, you know, a couple of years old or whatever, but I know the know about that story and that's pretty funny. Was it like a newspaper thing you had to write in or something like that? I don't remember. I think my mom did it for me. I don't know. Just, we were all obsessed but, with Jurassic Park, so yeah, I mean, yeah, those late 90s uniforms are one of the most iconic, not just in basketball, I think in all of sports, especially for people, you know, of your generation and sort of my generation kind of on the borderline of age groups right there. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of a tough throwback to wear, though. I, I'm not super into not, not Oh, you're not into it. Well, no, I really like it. I just don't think it looks good on me. Oh, okay. You mean like if you had a jersey or a t-shirt of it or whatever? Yeah. Are you pro Midnight Green or are you a Kelly Green guy? I like the Midnight Green. So that's the thing. I love Kelly Green. I have like a Reggie White jersey. I have a couple hats. But that's my thing. That's this era of Eagles football. They won the Super Bowl wearing Midnight Green. You know, that's their brand now. That's what they've achieved the peak of the franchise with. And I would be fine if they had like, Instead of having the black jerseys, which I kind of dig, they had you know a Kelly like Green alternate. Jersey. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I like the black. Yeah. The odds, you know, the how many times do you think I've made a joke because they call it a blackout when you know they wear the black jerseys at the stadium? Like, oh, I'm gonna go blackout at the blackout, which <laughs> my friends say. So that's kind of the vibe. Uh, those are those are always like prime time <laughs> games, and You're that's the part I like it is because there's yeah they're they're asking for trouble when they're they're calling a game a blackout and then it's at eight o'clock on a Sunday night. I don't know what they expect to happen with the fan base. <laughs> that's always, that's always dangerous is like the eight o'clock games. Like I don't like going to those, like just because it's too much like tailgating all day. Like I feel uncomfortable. And then going yeah, never sometimes done that. every game I've tailgated has been a one o'clock. See, yeah, that's fine for me. I don't like being in the lot too long. Like just I'm I all my friends. Are such that's like the sweet spot where some people feel like I get down there super early because my dad kind of runs the tailgate and we go down to his truck and, you know, stack up the back of it kind of Tetris style with all the stuff from his garage. Uh, but so I get down super early when the gate opens. But my friends, if they come down at like 11 o'clock, they're going in the stadium by like a quarter after 12. So it's not they're not there as long. So they love the idea of like the four, four fifteen, four thirty yeah. start where they get a nice chunk of the day there. But you know, a Sunday night primetime game, if it's against like an NFC East team specifically, like the Cowboys or Giants, like that's almost and as crazy as I am and sometimes as out of control as I am, those that environment is still too much for me. I mean, just like a primetime game against the Cowboys is like a no holds bar, no rules zoo there. And I can't yeah. imagine how much worse that was at veteran stadium where I've never saw I saw a couple of Phillies games there in my time, but never an Eagles game in you know, the 700 level or, or anything crazy like that. I don't remember the the uh, the Panthers game I went to at the link very well, but I feel like people were pretty calm at that one and like kind of surprisingly cool. And I'm like... Yeah, it was like a, it was a one o'clock game, I think. Yeah. We still were very late for our show in Baltimore that night. We got to the show... Oh, you had a show that night? <laughs> yeah. There was, I took a picture on Instagram like eight minutes before we were supposed to start playing and three of like the other three guys in the band were like in the van with their mouths open sleeping. And I thought you were going to say you were still on I-95 South or something. Well, we, 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 uh, we pulled up, I think four minutes before we had to go on and we made it and we did play. And it was one of my favorite shows. That sounds like the most quintessential thing for you guys. Yeah. But isn't that part of it? Like playing sloppy, is almost like that livens up that specific style of music, especially, you know, your lyricism there. I feel like it's, you know, almost a perfect match to come in, you know, four minutes beforehand, still drunk from a football game and just yeah. letting it rock. And, and that's, that's like how I want to do it from now on. It was so much fun, like going to sound check and hanging out in an empty bar for four hours. Like that's not so much fun, but like being in an Eagles game and, getting fried chicken after the game instead of getting on the road and then getting on the road and like that's fun 
Yeah, do every concert just Sundays in the fall at 4.30. So as soon as every Eagles... I've had this conversation with our agent. He, he Really? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, he knows. He knows what we are. He knows the deal. Yeah, I mean, he knows what he got himself into. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I think my favorite football experience on the road was in when uh, the Eagles were playing the Falcons in the Super Bowl year. Um, there was yeah. no way that I could see the whole game. Because I think we had to drive yeah. from San Diego. It's a Saturday night, Saturday night game. Yeah, I think we were. Well, no, it was the afternoon because we were on the West Coast or like late afternoon. Oh, uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, it was eight o'clock, so like four or five o'clock there. Yeah, and it's, it's just like the worst time of the day for doing anything other than driving. And I think we were going yeah. San Diego to San Francisco, which is Jeez. long. Yeah, we just like burned through all of our data in the phone or on the phone listening to it in the van and then pulled up somewhere in San Francisco. And I just said, I'm going in the first bar I see Bye, and got out of the van. We're parked right in front of a bar. I walked into it and it was an Eagles bar somehow. No way. Yeah. And that's fate. And like the, the guy that ran the place was asking, cause I had an Eagles hat on and I was like, yeah, I'm from Canada. Like we're on tour right now. And then, you know, he just like brought us a bunch of barbecue and gave it to us. And we just hung out there and watched the game. And like, that was, that was really cool. That sounds magical. I'm pretty sure I talked about it a very long time on, on stage a few hours later (laughs) to people that had no idea what I was talking about. No, I could not have cared less about, uh, (laughs) you know, a a Jalen Mills red zone stop at the end of the game. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. We don't because we don't have that in Canada. Like there's no uh, there's no Eagles bar. Well, there kind of was, but there's no like oh. hometown football bars. Yeah, I mean that's definitely super common in the U.S. I had like last year I was looking potentially at moving to uh, getting like I was looking for work in New York City. Uh, so I was considering like oh what if I moved to Hoboken or something? Not Hoboken, just Jersey City. Hoboken's like crazy expensive. Jersey City's less expensive. But I was considering looking there, but as soon as I was looking for just browsing on Zillow or those apartment websites, the first thing I did was look up Eagles bars in New York slash Jersey City and see how close ones were to the you know apartments I was looking at. <laughs> and there was one within there was one within walking distance of one apartment. I was like, well, if I go there, which obviously didn't, I am I'm too Philly to ever live live outside of Philadelphia for sure. But just that if I ever have to move for some reason, that will be uh, one of the big sticking points is I have to be somewhere close enough uh, that it's either a cheap Uber ride or I can stumble home yeah. from there after to my apartment. Yeah, that's important. I mean, it's cool this like situation we have in Toronto where we have kind of a place, our friend Brody's house, like where we all gather and watch the Eagles game. So that works. I how, wish- does, how does the TV work there? Like, do you just get the games on your normal cable? Like, I don't know how oh, it would work uh- there. I don't know. He probably buys passes for whatever. Okay. But, uh, Did they have like Sunday ticket type thing? Or yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. It's like being a Canadian football fan is weird because everybody thinks you're a Buffalo fan or a Lions fan. And we go to a lot of Lions games too because Ryan's parents live in Detroit. Okay. They actually live beside Matt Prater, weirdly enough. That is strange. Yeah. So they're huge so, Lions so we go to we go to all those games. I was at the game where um, they beat Dallas in like the last second. I mean, that's basically going to an Eagles game if you yeah. go into a home stadium. Stadium they're playing. Yeah, but then they probably like if someone wore a team's jersey that wasn't playing at the game at an Eagles game. I always say something to them. Like there was a game last year I was going in and there's a guy wearing a Philip Rivers jersey. So anytime I see something like that, I'll be like, "Hey, pal, what time's the Chargers game start? Like, why are you even here?" <laughs> But if it's but if you're going to a Dallas road game when they're playing a different team, I think wearing an Eagles jersey is entirely acceptable. That's yeah, I I sort of like once we were in the car and we were driving to the tailgate, I started thinking about it, and I was like, this isn't really even me being like I'm an Eagles fan. It's just me being like I don't like you. Yes, I want you to lose. Yeah, this you're my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for the Lions either. But I want you to lose. Lesser of two evils, for sure. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, Cowboys fans that aren't... uh, When we're in Dallas, Cowboys fans seem fine. It's the ones that are outside of Dallas that are the worst. Exactly. 
Exactly. The one, the reason I hate Cowboys fans isn't because of people who live in the state of Texas. It's because of people who live in Philadelphia and the surrounding Philadelphia area. Yeah. That's the thing that ticks me off and makes my, you know, blow a fuse like nothing else is like a couple years ago uh, during like Dallas week in the lead up, I wrote this article for uh, NBC sports Philadelphia about like all these reasons I hated like Cowboys fans from Philadelphia. And then, I kept like I would get like hate mail from Cowboys fans or like I would mention someone's neighborhood like oh like dumb Cowboys fans from you know Grace Ferry or Second Street in South Philly people would be like oh why are you talking crap on this neighborhood I'm like I'm from all these I'm from South Philly like, the reason I say this because I know people from these areas who are literally Cowboys fans that's why I'm saying it it's like an inside joke for me but yeah the idea of Cowboys fans who aren't from Philadelphia kills me just because it's, I think it's different if you're like come somewhat organically became an Eagles fan because your friend was an Eagles fan. It's not like these Eagles are this, this great team that everyone in the, the world latches onto. They're not America's team. They're not the Cowboys. It's different yeah. if you kind of you're Canadian and you pick a Philadelphia NFL team, as long as you're not picking the Cowboys or the Patriots, it's fine in my book. Or the same thing. If you were a baseball fan, I know Toronto has a baseball team, but it's like, Oh, I'm from Canada. I'm just going to become a Yankees or a Red Sox fan. Like then that's messed up in my opinion. But if you just yeah. somehow became, I don't know, a Cincinnati Reds fan, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that I like about the Canadian aspect of it is I, I can pick whoever I want, but it's nice when it you find it like organically from your friends. Yeah. And I don't know anything about the CFL. I was going to ask you, I kept had that in the back of my head. So it's the... Toronto Argonauts. Am I yeah. saying that correctly? That's the team in Toronto. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I know the the field is longer. I think it's like 110 yards, or the end zones are longer. The end zone is longer. Every year, I have the same thought about the CFL. I think, hey, I should look into this. I'm going to watch the Grey Cup this year, and then I Google this when is the-, the Grey Cup, and it was like four days ago. <laughs> that happened to me. That's happened like the last three years in a row. You got to set a reminder in your phone for next year. Yeah, and if you ever. If every time I see a large man wearing a CFL jersey, I assume that it is that guy. What guy? The player. Oh. Because is it not? Is it not that big there? No. I know it's. Like, well, I don't know. It's tough to. It's tough to tell, but I don't think it's that big. I'm gonna watch it. You say the NFL's bigger. The what? Is the NFL bigger in Canada than the CFL? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you see. You see NFL stuff when when I walk around my neighborhood, like I see Cowboys fans and I see Patriots fans. Uh, there was a bit when I was seeing the Odd Eagles fans and and Go Birdsing them, but they seem to have disappeared. They just came for the Super Bowl run. Yeah, I think so. Bandwagon fans left already. But that's okay in Canada because I think we need all the help we can get. It's different there. Yeah, it's just different animal. But I, I'm into it. I think it'd be cool if there was more football bars in Canada. That could be your next endeavor. Maybe. I know there's a Browns bar, which is weird, but I guess Cleveland's kind of... You could have a house band lined up too, obviously. Yeah, that would be fun. And they could stop the show when the game was on. And then after every touchdown, you guys could play uh, your stripped-down punk version of Fly Eagles Fly. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ryan's watched the Packers game while we're on stage. If you're ever in Philly... Next time you play in Philly, you have to do that. The crowd would freak out. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I always get really excited when we play Philly, um, but I never get like the huge response that I'm hoping for. But there are definitely a few people that come out to see us and wear all their Eagles stuff. I haven't seen you guys live, surprisingly. I think it's just one of those things where I missed you. And, like Sometimes just like, oh, I have stuff going on. I don't want to buy a ticket right now. Stuff like that. But the next time you're in Philly, I can't wait after all back. this quarantine settles, I will be at the show, and I will be wearing a Midnight Green Eagles jersey. Awesome! And I will be yell- I will be seventy-seven Merrillites deep, asking you to play Fly Eagles Fly. Yeah, I know it. So I'll get the other guys to learn it. It can't be that hard. Just acoustic by yourself, even. Yeah, yeah. I'll work on that tonight, just so I have it ready. If you're not, you know, what else are you doing right now? What else am I doing? Uh, nothing at all, really. One. That's right. No, that was like the joke. Like, what else are you doing right now that you couldn't just learn Fly Goes Fly on guitar? I could do anything I want as long as it's in my own apartment. Because I got all the time in the world. So you were supposed to be on tour right now, correct? Uh, Is it May? Yeah. We were supposed to have left for tour 
a few days ago with Bouncing Souls, which was kind of like when I started this band, I had three goals and it was tour Europe, which we've done, play on late night TV, which we've done, and tour with the Bouncing Souls, which we were going to do. What late night were you on? I think I've seen you on late night. Uh, we were on Seth Meyers. That was Seth Myers, yeah. I DVR'd that episode and just like fast forward until you guys were on. Yeah, that was really cool. That was like probably my favorite day on earth. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Um, where were you supposed to be touring? Just were you in the U.S. tour, European tour? What was yeah, we were in the U.S. Um, I don't even remember where it was. It was like East Coast, but it wasn't. Did you have a Philly date lined up? I don't think so. There was no. Yeah, me neither. Neither do I. I don't remember that getting posted or anything. Yeah, I think it was kind of like cities outside of bigger cities. Yeah, just something smaller, something different. Yeah, like college towns. Or something yeah, that would have been real, really cool. I was I was looking forward to that, but it's rescheduled for October, so hopefully that works out. Do you have anything else you want to plug in terms of projects? Just to check out the band, anything like just simple stuff like that. For those who don't know, they released an awesome album called Optimal Lifestyles last year. One of my favorite records of the year. Anything else you want to plug? Not really. Follow on Twitter. Do, do you do like any Twitch streams of you guys playing? Anything like that? Bandcamp? No, um, I wanted to do one where we play Madden, but that seems, oh, seems like a lot of work. I, I don't have, I can't do that. So I don't have a real video game console. And then during the quarantine, I really wanted to do something. And I was, you know, contemplating doing like an impulse buy that for like with money I don't have or yeah. like a Nintendo Switch or a PlayStation. But then, my girlfriend's talking about him. She's like, it's just going to sit there after this is over. And I'm like, I know, but I need to do something right now. Uh, so my buddy dropped off his old PlayStation 2 that he never uses. My best friend, and it was another gigantic diehard Eagles fan, obviously. So I've been playing that like on the weekends a little bit. So what I did was I bought Madden 06 on eBay for like $10. Oh, nice. It's the one with McNabb. And it has the one with McNabb. Oh, I bought that so on just- Game Boy Advance. Oh. I found the Game Boy Advance. Like, I'm going to go get a Madden and I found the one with McNabb. Yeah. And all I do is just play the Cowboys on like rookie level and win <laughs> like 75 nothing, and just like roll out right and throw a bomb. To yeah. Zero. I'm yeah, not into playing player. on any level harder than rookie. I want it to be, I want, I want it to be fun. I don't want this, you know, 24 to 21 slugfest. I want it to feel like an arcade game where yeah. I'm blowing, I'm blowing the top off of it. I actually sold my PlayStation like a week before the quarantine started, which is a bummer. Like a PlayStation 4? Yeah, like I just wasn't playing it. Yeah. And I don't really regret it, but I wish I had it now. Because like me and Ryan would always play Madden and we would just create two guys and be corners. And basically the whole year was just a pick six contest. And we play on the same team. So I realized I don't really like playing Madden the way it is. I just like the pure escapism of it and just Same, make yeah. myself a godlike football player and uh never even having a chance of losing yeah i want to win a million to nothing against the cowboys like tony romo is the quarterback in the game so what i do a lot is i do these double like slot cornerback blitzes so who's handsome will have like 12 sacks in one game <laughs> which is the most like i want to do like i want to write an article for bgn where just th- I'll do it during the off season when nothing when you know the draft settles there's nothing going on I'm gonna play a franchise mode and just like run that play on defense every time yeah and see if I can like set the single season like sack <laughs> record with like a backup cornerback we would consider it a loss if we didn't score a hundred points a game yeah and yeah like I had to move to corner because if I played safety halfway through Ryan would be like, what position are you even playing? Because I'm just blitzing every single time. Yes. You're just like a safety linebacker defensive yeah. end hybrid. That like Isaiah Simmons. has no rules at all. Yeah. The Eagles need someone like that. Yeah. I like that idea. Just maybe that'll be a Kavan, Kavan Wallace. Oh, he's great on Kavon Twitter. Wallace. Yeah. Oh, dude, he leans into the Philly stuff so much. He was uh Brian Dawkins son's roommate at Clemson loves already loves the philly stuff he is uh destined to be a fan favorite yeah i yeah i like uh i like when you can kind of connect with them like that quickly but he seems to like really have shot up quick on twitter yeah i mean he he definitely like quote unquote gets it i think my favorite uh twitter thing ever was because i was in philly for it was the unlike aguilar 
Oh my god! And like, were you what, were you playing in Philly for that? No, I was just I was just there for the game, and like the next morning, I go on Twitter and see that, and it's like, oh my god! Like this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I remember watching that game. It was like I had a meltdown after that. Yeah, that was yeah. It was a. Uh, I think I saw Rancid that night in uh, Franklin Hall. Was that a place? Franklin, Frank, yeah, Franklin, uh, Franklin Music Hall. It used yeah. to be called. The Electric Factory, which was a sick name because it used to be a literal electric factory way, oh, way, cool. way back when. But then they got bought out by, you know, someone else and that name changed. I saw my first concert there when it was the Electric Factory. It was uh, MCR on the Black Parade Tour. And they had a surprise opener that ended up being taken back Sunday. So Whoa. it was like, that was like, and obviously at that time, like my two, like three favorite bands were like Green Day, MCR, and Taking Back Sunday. So seeing them being the surprise opener was just like, what in the world is happening? Yeah, this is what every is this what every concert's like? What? No, like saying like, is this is this the most amazing thing? Is every concert just like this life changing moment? <laughs> well, well, not when you're playing. Can be, <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, you've been you've done too many then at that point, right? I miss them now though. You know, that's 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 what's been nice about this whole quarantine thing is like. I actually can't wait to play again, and I'm so excited. Yeah, the next tour you go on will be like I'm gonna lose my mind. Just just touring, just touring for the first time like you're a kid. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, and it'll be with the Bouncing Souls. Hopefully, like that's gonna be nuts. If anyone, when the tour resumes this fall, you said it's supposed to come back in October, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I think mid October. Mid October. So if you're listening to this, if you love awesome punk rock music. If you love the Eagles, if you're listening to this, you obviously love the Eagles. Go out, check out Pew Pew Pew. Go see them on tour. Buy a ticket. Show up to the show in Eagles crap and yell at Mike about the Eagles the entire time. Maybe he'll grab you on stage and pour a beer all over you or something. (laughs) Sounds like it could happen. So, Mike, thank you for a wonderful podcast. I haven't done a ton of interviews yet, so it was great to finally, you know, talk to you directly besides just messaging each other on Twitter about random Eagles or music things over the last year or so. So it's great to finally connect like this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. So this is Seamus Clancy with Mike Warren signing off from the Bleachers podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Mike, what's the band's Twitter account? It's like, is it PewX3? Yeah, PewX3. So like PKEWX3. Check them out on Twitter. If you like Eagles, Follow them on Twitter. It's a great Eagles follow besides just being a great band. But that's it for me, Seamus Clancy. Signing off, guys. Go Birds. Go Birds. Before Zoom Info, business wins took a lot of time, energy, and patience. But today, ZoomInfo aligns your sales and marketing teams, identifies ideal customers faster, and automates your go-to-market strategy. So you can scale up and get on the fast track to marketplace domination. And that's how winners win. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at ZoomInfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market.